Hey everyone, welcome to Pocono Mountains Podcast. This is Jim Hamill, and this is episode 24 of season 2. We are heading into the season of giving thanks, and November marks Native American Heritage Month. Poconos itself is a Native American term, meaning the stream between two peaks, referring to the Delaware Water Gap. The original people of these lands were the Lenape, including the Delaware tribe, and for many, many years, lived off the land only to eventually be forced out of the region by European settlers. There is one place where that history is on display for everyone to learn about the heritage of the Lenape. More on that in just a bit. The Poconos is a year-round destination for millions, with 2,400 square miles of rivers, mountains, lakes, and forests. With iconic family resorts and historic downtowns, it's the perfect getaway. You can always find out more on PoconoMountains.com. Or watch PTN, the Pocono Television Network, streaming live 24-7. Thanks so much for listening to Pocono Mountains Podcast. We'll have a new episode each week, highlighting lots of the fun things you can experience while you're visiting the Poconos. Subscribe and leave a review and or comment on whatever platform you listen. Now back to the episode. The Columns Museum is where you can learn about so much history in Pike County, Milford, where it's located, and even including the assassination of a United States president, President Abraham Lincoln. Plus the Lenape exhibit, which has been in place for a year now and helps tell the story of the original people of this region. Lori, who runs the museum, was kind enough to sit down with PTN this week for an upcoming story for Pocono Mountains Magazine next month on that exhibit. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. It's Jim Hamble with Pocono Mountains Podcast here inside the Columns Museum in historic downtown Milford. I am joined by the executive director of the Pike County Historical Society, Lori Strelecki. Lori, thank you so much for joining us here. It's immaculate inside here. Tell me all about this wonderful place you have. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, Welcome to the Columns. Um, A little bit about the house. This house was built in 1904 for a politician from Jersey City, Hoboken area of New Jersey, His name was Dennis McLaughlin, and he built this as a summer home. It has 22 rooms and 11 bedrooms, just like your summer home, right? Right. And mine, (laughs) no. Um, And unfortunately, he only got to live here for about seven years before he died. Nobody in his family wanted this great house, and it changed hands over and over again until it came into the possession of the Pike County Historical Society in around 1982, and we made it our museum and our home. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. you. You folks strive to preserve the past, inform people about the past here in Pike County, Milford. What kind of things do you have on display for people to learn from, uh, you know, when, when they come here to visit? Well, you know, we're, we're kind of famous for having this big old American flag stained with uh, Abraham Lincoln's blood, and we do have that. And uh, that's a great story, and a lot of people do come to see that. But there's so much more in these uh, two floors of exhibits that we have here. Um, from, you know, Audubon's birds and uh, stories of local people that made it made good for themselves or just old pieces of uh, memorabilia from political campaigns or elections or, uh, I don't know, anything that might spur a memory to somebody that, that makes it interesting to see something. Old Victrola, the records, we play the records still. And, uh, you know, we're not a hands-on museum, but we're certainly not a do not touch or, you know, don't engage because we want people to talk about what they see and remember uh, parts of their past that maybe, you know, 
are, are kind of nice for them to remember. And then we have some macabre things, of course, uh, you know, the bloodstained flag, some dead birds, and, you know, a noose used in the only public hanging in Milford. So, you know, that could raise an eyebrow or two, but certainly there's something to be learned in every room here and um, a, a definite piece of history in every room that you walk through. It's really spectacular to see, like, the attention to detail that you put into these exhibits, you know, the... <laughs> Uh, not just the flag, but everything else around here, you know, and that takes a lot of time and effort. And you guys are volunteer based for the most part, I assume, outside yes, of your... Yes, I'm, I'm the only paid employee here and I've been with the museum for, I don't know, 22 years now. And, um, you know, it, it's a labor of love, really. And we have a lot of great volunteers that do come in and help and give their time and give tours of the museum and, and give their uh, expertise on some of the exhibits and, and, you know, try and create new and interesting things as well as preserve what we already have and maybe learn more about that as, as time goes on too, because I find that, you know, I learn something new sometimes about something, a subject that we thought was done. Uh, you know, somebody will come in with some great old pictures or, so we're, we're open to that and we want people to feel that they could contribute to what we have here. Um, or just come in and tell us a story about this house itself. Uh, people come in and remember when it was, you know, a, a nightclub that was downstairs and the ink spots played here. And so memories like that, it's important to focus on the local history and the local memories, but also we have a national relic and, and some things that, you know, translate uh, nationwide. So uh, history is interesting. Come and check it out. Yeah, I, you uh, speak so eloquently about that relic that you have here. I mean, <clears throat> describe to me that that flag and, and its uh, meaning and, and significance, obviously, in, the, in our nation's history. Well, it's known as the Lincoln flag of the Pike County Historical Society. It is the uh, American flag that was used as bunting or decoration around uh, or over the balustrade of the presidential box the night Lincoln was uh, shot. So April 14th, 1865. Um, so this flag is draped over the balcony to decorate the box. You know, the war just ended. Everybody was in a pretty good mood. Lincoln loved the theater, and there he was with Mary Todd, and she was so proud, and she was holding his arm and, you know, cozying up to him, and uh, their guests, the Rathbones, were there. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, John Wilkes Booth ruins it for everybody. Uh, not only the people in the presidential box, but, you know, the people in the audience that witnessed this tragedy, and, you know, their lives were changed forever. Um, you know, we have this blood relic from that time. Uh, it's definitely a piece of history. Lincoln's head rested on this flag and he bled upon it, so there's blood stains on it. It uh, brings some people to tears when they see it. Lincoln's a very revered and loved president, probably most written about. And um, So to have something like this and to see how it affects people, it's kind of important to us, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, something to treasure, really, in, sure. in some way. And uh, there are other exhibits that now have reached the year-long mark for being here. Uh, the Lenape uh, Original People uh, uh, exhibit that you have here, that's going to be featured on our upcoming Pocono Mountains magazine. That came to you folks, and now you have had that for an entire calendar year. Describe to me what that uh, was meant to be and what it's uh, been like in the Collins Museum. Well, we've always tried to present, uh, you know, Native American artifacts, especially the area that we live in. There's so many of them that that have been unearthed and found in this area, and there's so many that are yet to be seen. I hear there's quite a few of them uh, in the possession of the National Park Service that they have a plethora of these uh, artifacts that I don't know well, what's happening with them, but hopefully maybe we could get our hands on them one day. Uh, but uh, the Lenape people are the original people uh, of this area, right? And quite 
farther than here as well. But so we're going to say that it was the Wolf Clan that that spent most of its time in this immediate area. And um, to learn more about them and their customs was always important. Um, I think they're very interesting. Um, a matrilineal tribe, you know, always it's always nice to give a nod to the women. And uh, certainly they did, and that was their beliefs. Uh, but it, what was important about this exhibit was that uh, we involved uh, several of the uh, federally recognized Lenape tribes, so two from Oklahoma and one from Wisconsin, and they had a say in what the panel boards represent and what they say, and um, we kind of bridged a gap uh, by including, you know, the infamous Tom Quick monument in the, in the exhibit, which um, I didn't think was a very good idea at first. Um, because I don't think that stage should be shared. I think it's two separate stories, mm -hmm. and I'm not here to take sides. Sure. But um, incorporating it into the exhibit, in hindsight, I believe was a good idea. And um, don't get much response to that, so that makes me happy. It's not like, oh, my God, right. you know, the elephant in the room. Um, people just kind of look at it, understand its place in the history of the Lenape, and, you know, move past it, um, which is something I think... History should be left up to people to decide if they feel good or bad about it. We're not here to tell you how to feel about anything. We're just here to tell you about it. So, yeah, it's a, it's I'm happy to have the exhibit here and to give these people their due. What's been that response? Do you think from the public who've come on in? But I mean, having grown up nearby, uh, you know, on, along the life of wax, and I always knew Native people. You know, were the original inhabitants here, but to actually have a place to go to learn about that. Uh, I'm sure people walk away with a sense of, of understanding in some way. Well, I don't think there's been a lack of uh, printed material about the Lenape. I mean, I grew up, you know, reading about them. Um, you know, some of the most uh, famous archaeologists, uh, Herbert Kraft, uh, his son John uh, Kraft, you know, have done uh, a good job with explaining their traditions and lifestyles or life ways, as they call them. Uh, so the Lenape are pretty well depicted, I think. As far as we know their history, or as far as the white men have interpreted their history. So, you know, if you when you look at the, the tribes in Oklahoma and Wisconsin, I don't know how much they really know about their own history that actually wasn't learned from the writings that we create, we, that have been created here. Um, so there's a, a little difference in the, the, the verbiage, I think, that's been used in telling the story. But pretty much the story remains the same. So, you know, from the beginning... Uh, and now the present day, it's up to them to create their own history now and what's going on in Oklahoma and Wisconsin. You know, I think they're doing great things for themselves there and, and making a name for themselves and, and also remembering fondly their roots here and learning about them. And I think that's the important part. You know, uh, you know, I'm from, what do I know? I'm Polish, right? So what do I know about my Polish ancestors? Only what I've heard through my family. Yeah. Uh, so I've never been to Poland, but I don't think if I went back there, they'd put it up in exhibit about me or anything. So right. we're happy to, to give the Lenape uh, what they deserve. Have folks then kind of taken something and, and remarked about the exhibit uh, just because, you know, maybe they've come for that or maybe they determined, you know, along the way, wow, that was something that they had unexpectedly come across and wanted to take that, you know, on with them. Some people have come specifically to see that. Um, uh, other people, you know, are surprised to see that we've done more than what we've originally had done here in the museum uh, with the, the history of the Lenape's. The artifacts that are included in the exhibit are from our collection. 
Um, so we've had them and we've, um, you know, interpreted them for uh, as long as I've been here anyway. Um, so, but, you know, there's, there's these people out there that want to almost pick a fight with the, with the, with the, uh, tour guide or something, you know, and, and they, they try and get something out of you like, oh, well, don't you think it's a problem that, you know, this, he was an Indian slayer, Tom Quick, and, you know, he, I'm like, that's a whole nother story. That's another story. It's not like we have, you know, a, a room dedicated to Tom Quick and the, and the murdering of Indians. But you have to remember what time frame this happened in. And there was, you know, murders going on on both sides. There's terrible, terrible stuff going on in, and the invasion of, of Fort Decker and what happened there. And, um, you know, it's an unfortunate time of history, just like any other war. You know, lives are lost on both sides and both sides believe that they have the right to do that or they're, they're defending something or... Uh, trying to get something in the case of the white men trying to get land and the Lenape belief was you know Well, how can you own land? It's like owning a piece of the sky. So when you're dealing with that You know kind of thought process It makes them seem very innocent and very like what are you doing this to us for and We don't know why they were doing that to them aside from it was as it is today land greed so from that standpoint, you have some different things that you've interpreted for a long time here included there. You have the dugout canoe. What else is, is included in there that people can kind of like see firsthand? The dugout canoe is an interesting piece. We're not really sure where it came from. I think it unearthed after some of the, the hurricane, uh, the aftermath of Hurricanes Connie uh, in 1955. Mm -hmm. I think that was unearthed someplace uh, in a bog somewhere around here. Uh, definitely in Pike County is from what I heard. A lot of the uh, information on that is very sketchy because you know it was given to us. We didn't, they didn't keep as good records back then as, as we do now. But certainly it is definitely a piece of a dugout canoe. Um, there's some pottery that was found in pieces and put back together by some very dedicated archaeologists um, and recently we came <clears throat> excuse me uh, into, into that someone dropped that off the proud work of their father who had died um, and then there's different examples of the tools and and you know that were used every day and um, pretty inventive you know um, so it, it's it's a big piece of uh, the puzzle is all being put together here who knows how much more is out there along the in the in the national park right. in here uh, people are, uh, it's frowned upon for people to uh, look for any of these items anymore. Um, whether they do or not, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's important to see not only what they used as tools and how they lived and what did they eat, what did they wear. I mean, we hope to build the exhibit to, to that point, too, mm -hmm. um, with the help of these um, federally recognized tribes. Hopefully they'll be able to contribute something to this at some point and say, you know, here's our modern regalia. Please put this on display in the museum. Or, you know, here's a piece of uh, something that my great-great-grandmother, you know, brought to wherever she ended up, you know, in Oklahoma. Or, and, 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 you know, we'd like to contribute this to the, the exhibit because we want them to feel like it's their exhibit, too. Um, and the Quick family, Don Quick, who, you know, has never even stepped foot in the museum, as far as I know, to see his family's statue or his family's, what is what would you call that, monument to, to two people, you know, in his family. I find that odd, but I guess he rests easier knowing that it's not in hiding somewhere and it's finally uh, 
being seen. I, I don't really get his angle, but. Understood. So I guess the, the last question I'd wrap up with, it kind of brings it full circle then, you know, to understand why the tribes, you know, lived around the Delaware River here. Obviously that's, uh, you know, a no brainer, but you can probably explain then too. Like that's how, you know, Milford and, and all the settlers here kind of like came here too. So there's something about this Delaware stretch that really brings people here for probably commerce, for, you know, sustenance, for fishing and, and everything else, right? There, there's like a fertile soil here, if you will, for civilization. Um, as far as the Lenape, I mean, they, you know, existed all along the Delaware River all the way to the Delaware Bay. So, you know, there was definitely a food source there that was important. And, you know, they were sometimes nomadic and they would move during the different seasons of the year, depending upon you know, what they needed or what they were getting from the land. Um, this side of the river, I'm not really sure uh, how fertile the soil was here, but strangely enough, go across the river to New Jersey and you've got, you know, some of the most, uh, the best soil that you could you could have. And of course they in, inhabited both sides of the river. They did not only live in Milford, sure, you know, sure, they were sure. <laughs> all over, all the way down different clans, mm -hmm. the wolf clan, the turtle clan and the turkey clan. Um, all getting what they needed from living off the land and, you know, minding their own business and living uh, their own lives until, you know, here comes the Dutch settlers and the white men that are trying to uh, do the same thing, I guess, but, you know, they were in their way, so they had to, you know, off them, get them out of here. Yeah. And, you know, it's an age-old story. So that's the way it goes, and it's not only here that it happened. It happened in a million different places all across the United States. Sure. We know it's not a good story, but it's still history. And um, that's what we're here to tell you about. Lori Strelecki with the Pike County Historical Society, Collins Museum, right here on Routes 6 and 209, right? Broad the, Street. Yes, Broad Street, <laughs> right here in Milford. Uh, a, a beautiful place with a lot of uh, rich history. Uh, when are you open so that folks can come on by? We are open Wednesdays and Saturdays from 1 to 4 p.m. And we're trying new hours on Sundays. We're trying the 11 to 2 thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you could still get home and watch that football game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Lori, thank you so much for joining us here on Pocono Mountains Podcast. Uh, people can find you online, too, obviously on our website. Do you guys have a website? We do, uh, pikehistorical.org. Perfect. Thank you so much, and uh, keep on continuing what you do here for uh, the people who visit this area, but obviously the people who call this home, too. Columns Museum, headquarters of the Pike County Historical Society, home of the infamous Lincoln flag, and now the Lenape exhibit, coinciding with Native American Heritage Month in November. The best stories come from people you know. Hi, Jenna Brianna. Hello there. And at the Pocono Television Network, we know the Pocono Mountains. Saw you at the festival. Great job. Thanks. And PTN spends each and every day updating you on everything happening across the region. Hey, I shared your post. Thanks very much. So watch us on cable, streaming, and online. We love watching PTN. Us, us too. too. Go to PoconoTelevision.com. PTN is everywhere you are. We're back. Thanks for listening to Pocono Mountains Podcast. I'm Jim Hamill. Now for another segment that aired in a recent Pocono Mountains magazine about a former train station in Lansford being transformed into something to welcome visitors and also preserve the community's past. Brianna Strunk with PTN has that story. Many of the parts that we have to machine, we have to do manually. So we consider ourselves 
craftsman. For decades, Kenny Hill owned a successful machine shop in the small borough of Lansford. Once it's in your blood, you can't get rid of it. He did what he loved in the building he loved. But roaming here, this is my home. The Lansford native grew up admiring this place when it was a booming train station, servicing passengers and freight. Kenny remembers his mom taking the train from here to New York City. It was robust with people. It was a different world. When the need for passenger rail service declined, the train station closed in 1962. Several businesses tried reviving the shuttered station, but none lasted very long. That is, until Kenny came along. I said, you're going to be mine, and it became mine. Backed by a bank, he moved his shop out of the cramped house it originally operated from and into the spacious station. His childhood playground turned beloved workplace. We say, how are we ever going to fill this building? We couldn't imagine. And within a short period of time, business just flourished. The original windows, the platform where people would wait for a train, the ticket booth, dumb waiter and doors. Ken had the foresight to preserve and save it all. And for 42 years, Hill's machine shop was trusted and respected among its customers in the United States and beyond. We were for some of the very large companies and we built some major pieces of equipment for them. It's been rewarding, it's been a blessing. But now it's time to close up shop for good. Kenny is in his 80s and ready to retire. He sold the property to Lansford Borough for $150,000. That's a fraction of what others were willing to pay. We're glad that Kenny held to his word, you know, which we, we knew Kenny would, you know, everybody knows Kenny. We knew when he gave us that number, he was gonna stay with that number no matter what anybody offered him. And we're just glad that we're gonna finally get this project off and get it moving forward. The former train station is on track to become a visitor center for tourists enjoying other nearby attractions like the number nine coal mine and museum. The ticket booth, which Kenny preserved behind this wall and the other original features he saved will be on display for all to see. The long term is to try to get the train back up here, to try to get passengers come in, try to get tourists come in from either Tamaqua or Jim Thorpe. Kenny looks forward to traveling more with his wife, Jeannie, in their classic car, Miss Pinky. He sold the train station back to history and hopes to see it filled with people once again. It'll make me feel like a million dollars. This was always the craftsman's plan, to be a part in the machine, restoring Lansford to its glory days. This move is bittersweet. But this isn't a goodbye, it's a see you soon. For the Pocono Television Network, I'm Brianna Strunk. The Columns Museum in Milford and the future restoration of the Lansford train station, two iconic historical gems in the Poconos. Thanks so much for listening to Pocono Mountains Podcast. Please remember to subscribe wherever podcasts are available. Come visit us in the Pocono Mountains. Book your trip today. Mm -hmm.